Hey, everybody, I'm Susie Schuster, and I'm excited to announce our podcast, Just Getting Started, will be part of this year's Dell Technologies Small Business Virtual Conference kicking off on May 10th. Small businesses are ready to thrive again and looking for resources to rise to the challenge. That's why Dell Technologies has assembled an all-star lineup of podcasters for the third year in a row to create a virtual conference to share advice and inspiration for small businesses. Whether you're still working remotely or back together again, let Dell Technologies help safeguard your business with modern devices and Windows 11 Pro. Search Dell Technologies Small Business Podference on odyssey.com, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts starting on May 10th. And be sure to tune in for our custom episode of Just Getting Started on May 11th. Hey there, and welcome to this very special edition of Just Getting Started. I'm excited to talk with an entrepreneur today named Asia Grant. She started a company in 2019 called Redo NYC. It's a vegan skin line based on soaps and candles bringing scent to the world. I happened to go yesterday to a place in Los Angeles called Scent Bar, and I was smelling all of these different scents, and I thought to myself, how can she market scent digitally? I thought it was a fascinating question, and we're going to bring that to Asia Grant right now on Just Getting Started. How does one launch a company and smell scent online? Asia Grant is next on Just Getting Started. And Asia Grant, as promised, joins us now on Just Getting Started. Asia, we're so happy to have you on today. I'm so happy to be here, Susie. It was so exciting to get the chance to speak with you. Well, I love the idea of you starting the small business in 2019, and I'd love to know what was your philosophy behind bringing your brand to the public? Sure. So a little bit of backstory, I think, is definitely helpful. So our company, when we started it, my co-founder and I, we were best friends in college, and we didn't come at it with any idea of like, we're going to be huge, we're going to do this big thing, we're going to be the next you know, whatever large fragrance house, we really came at it as a means of just maintaining our friendship. Um, We're both very type A individuals. Um, I left college and went into corporate life in IBM as a UX designer, and he left school and went into getting a PhD at Carnegie Mellon in computer science. So it was really an opportunity for us to make time for one another. And that is really core to what Redo is all about. It's about celebrating our collective experiences and using scent as a means to take pause and reflect and give thanks for the things that bring us all together. Your idea of bottling memories through scent. Can you explain Mm -hmm. that to us? Sure. So scent, as you probably know, and I'm sure a lot of listeners will also be able to empathize with, is the most powerful way to connect to a memory. So, for example, if you think about one of your most fond or strongest memories from your childhood, you can probably associate a scent with that. For me, it's my grandparents' house, the food that they would cook me, and the memories that we shared in the summertime when we would go and explore DC. So, when we look at developing scents for Redo, we kind of reverse engineer that overall experience and use that as the framework to guide our storytelling. So our first scent was 529, which was inspired off of my co-founder and I's first trip together as friends, which was New York in summertime. And we looked at that experience and we're like, what 
is the New York in summertime experience. It's mischievous. It's exciting. It's uh, like embracing, but also kind of chaotic. And we're like, okay, how can we now tie sense to that feeling that we know is truly New York in summertime? I guess there's no smell of hot garbage in the background. Absolutely not. That is a, (laughs) there's no garbage smell. (laughs) There's no subway smell. It's really just the warmth and energy that comes with the excitement of being in New York at that time. Scent is incredibly personal. And also you need to be able to experience it. So what are the Mm -hmm. difficulties in having a business in an increasingly digital world in reaching Mm -hmm. your customers? Mm Mm-hmm. This is a fantastic question, and I think this is what all fragrance brands deal with, is how do you sell scent if someone can't smell it? And I actually have this condition called synesthesia. I don't know if you saw that anywhere in your research. I sure did. I was going to ask you about it. (laughs) Yes. So I actually have a condition. It's not bad. You know, it's not life-threatening, but my senses are blended, which means that I can hear, taste, and smell in colors. So when I'm developing a scent, I really use that strength or condition that I have to build out an entire world for our customers to be able to experience before purchasing the scent. So we will go as in-depth as this is what it physically looks like in a space. When you're in this space, this is the temperature within this space. These are the things you would be drinking within this space that you would be eating, the type of people you'd be with. Like this is where it could end up like in you know, the world um, around you and how you would feel. We really try to go really, really deep within that experience mindset to then bring someone mentally to what that experience would be. So when they get the scent, it's just the final piece in the puzzle that wraps all of it together. Okay. So say that you are standing on Mm -hmm. the deck of a Malibu beach house and Mm -hmm. it's kind of hazy it's not mm-hmm. bright sun, say mm-hmm. it's March sun mm-hmm. and it's sunset. Mm-hmm. What are the smells associated with that? Got it. So Malibu, hazy, March sunset. So the colors that I'm seeing are kind of like the pink, purpley, orange hue of a sunset, the kind of beige tans of the sand and then I think water is very interesting at that time of day also because it's still blue but there's a lot of reflection off of the the sun so there's also like yellow notes as well so for me I think the the most forward note is one that's just like the crispness of the air and for me that's very very floral so I would see things like jasmine or neroli's or um there's what is that? What, like lily of the valley, very, very bright, like kind of abundant type smells. And then I would pair it with, you know, thinking of just like Malibu in general, it's a very like low key energy, very go with the flow. Um, I would match it with some base notes that are a little bit more earthly and grounded, but not so abrasive or like empower, overpowering, like tree scents. I think those would probably be too loud since we're on a beach setting. I would match it with something like a patchouli or an amber that's a little bit more low and resinous. Um, And I think the middle notes, honestly, I always love a citrus. Like I think all scents, even if there isn't, you know, citrus is the main, uh, main show. Like it's always great to have citrus. And especially in California, I would say 
something a little bit more interesting than an orange, maybe even like a pomelo mixed with like small notes of like lemon, because you're probably also drinking something really nice and refreshing. Well, I would hope so. And I hope it's pink and it's in a wine glass. Let's face it. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'll take three of them. So I've already ordered three and I'll take a candle (laughs) and silk to go with it. Um, Exactly. Your father, your father of all people brought you into this world of ritual. What was the relationship with your dad and rituals? Sure. So my father, I'm, I'll give context. Also, I'm biracial. Uh, My father's Jamaican, my mother's Filipino. Um, We grew up in a very culturally rich house. And um, even growing up in that type of environment, I was always in predominantly white environments in school or around um, just like our neighborhoods or whatnot. But my father was always very, very conscious um, because of like that dual experience that I was having at home. And then it out in the world, that I was conscious of who I was as an individual and how I took care of myself, both from the outside and inside. So starting at age five, love my father for this. He would buy things from the body shop, from Bath and Body Works, and if he was feeling really generous, from Kiehl's. And we would have these little rituals every Friday night. We would watch cartoons, and he would lay out all of these products, and I would be able to do something called Spa Asia. (laughs) And me and my dad would do little, like, facial masks together, do a manicure and a pedicure. And it was really just our means of bonding with each other. But it really taught me the importance of taking care of yourself and your mental health, but doing it with other people also to just round out the entire experience. And there's something very meditative about skincare and about scents Mm -hmm. and what have you, the act of lighting Mm -hmm. a candle, the act of Mm -hmm. taking a bath. And taking the time away from an increasingly busy world, we spend so much time digitally involved and to mm-hmm. unplug and take that. In that vein, you developed a line around bathhouse culture with one of your soaps yes. called Bathhouse. Mm-hmm. Explain to mm-hmm. us what bathhouse culture is. Sure. So what I found very interesting when I was doing some research, especially at the peak of the pandemic, was that a lot of people were saying, I want to get back to normal. I want to get back to normal. Like, let's go back to the normal or what is the new normal? And it felt very like reverse looking and also future looking, but not very present looking. And something that I personally developed as a ritual within the uh, within the pandemic was after the day would end, I would turn off my computer <laughs> and I would take a very, very hot bath for like 40 minutes, no, no stimulus, no phone, light a candle and just be very, very quiet with myself and not even think about things that I need to do. And I learned how to do that because I would do it at Korean bathhouses. When I was in college, I was studying um, Korean bath culture and I went to Korea and did all of this research. And I loved the intention and experience of going with your friends, going with your family to the bathhouse. You don't bring your phone anywhere. All you do all day is relax, take a bath, eat, read, and rest. And I was like, how can how can I translate that ritual that is cross-cultural? It's in Korean cultures. It's in Eastern European cultures. It's in South American cultures. Something that is traditional and as old as time encapsulate that into a product that people who've never been exposed to those cultures can bring to a daily routine, like taking a shower and a bath and translate that story and communicate that story to show them, listen, (laughs) everything is chaotic. It will always be chaotic, but there is time to take for yourself. There's time 
to have a still mind and it's very, very achievable for you. Hey, everybody, I'm Susie Schuster, and I'm excited to announce our podcast, Just Getting Started, will be part of this year's Dell Technologies Small Business Virtual Conference kicking off on May 10th. Small businesses are ready to thrive again and looking for resources to rise to the challenge. That's why Dell Technologies has assembled an all-star lineup of podcasters for the third year in a row to create a virtual conference to share advice and inspiration for small businesses. Whether you're still working remotely or back together again, let Dell Technologies help safeguard your business with modern devices and Windows 11 Pro. Search Dell Technologies Small Business Podference on odyssey.com, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts starting on May 10th. And be sure to tune in for our custom episode of Just Getting Started on May 11th. So then what was the thought process behind bars of soap? Did mm-hmm. it have anything to do with the lack of waste? What was the, the mindset? You often see gels, bottles, things mm-hmm. that are incredibly labeled. What mm-hmm. I thought was interesting about the soap is that there's no waste. Mm-hmm. Truly. There were a multitude of things that we thought about when we were developing the bar soap. And the main thing was its level of accessibility. Everyone knows what a bar soap is. (laughs) Everyone knows how to use a bar soap. It is one of the oldest things that have ever been created. Like it's, it's just core to the cleansing ritual. And then looking at the market overall and how people were positioning like body gels and body washes. And it was really meant to be like this luxury experience where like you can take a luxury experience and put it into a bar soap. And the most luxurious part about it is that there is no waste at the end. So you can really feel present in yourself and you can really feel intentional about what you're doing with this product, with the lifespan that it has for you. And then at the end, it's gone. And then you can start the process all over again. Let's talk more in depth about the challenges that you faced in this digital Mm -hmm. world. How did you incorporate digital tools to overcome some of the challenges of marketing scent to people who can't smell it? Yes. So we launched digitally. We grew digitally and even now to this day, like the way that we get most of our traction and share most of our stories is through the the digital platforms, specifically for us, like Instagram and TikTok. I'm still, I'm at that weird age <laughs> where TikTok doesn't make as much sense to me, but we're exploring it. My 13 year old would be happy to help you with it. Amazing. I'm, He's I'm very he would open love to this. learn. Yep. Mm-hmm. Very open to learn because I have no idea, <laughs> but The challenges that we really faced were not even so much challenges. They were really opportunities for us because since Redo is about our collective experiences and our community is built off of the social platforms, we just saw it as a means of, well, we don't have to tell people what our story is. We can share our products with other people and they can share what they think that the scent smell like and what it reminds them of since that's really core to Redo. And that naturally already fits into how our digital platforms and social media platforms work, because it's really about the conversation more so than the sale. So we just leaned very strongly into that. Anytime we come out with like a product release, we kind of build the narrative like 50% and then we work with our community to build it to 100% and then we launch with them. What tools did you use specifically to bring the product to market? It's a very saturated world. Mm -hmm. I'm curious about Mm -hmm. your strategy. Sure. So... The 
tools we mainly use are Instagram. Like Instagram is truly our bread and butter because it allows us to hit all of the aspects that we discussed before. Visual aspect, um, sound now as it's incorporated into reels and the Instagram TVs that they previously had. I think they might have closed that out. But then mainly uh, also our community. It's really our like number one channel of how we speak back and forth with our um with our main supporters, I have like a Instagram close friends for the people that are really like gung ho on, on Redo and we'll use that for like focus groups, product testing, feedback, any type of creative campaigns that we have going on. Instagram is really our platform to stay connected with, with our community and continue to grow it. What about a business plan? Did you create a business Mm -hmm. plan to help you grow this out? And if you did, how so? Sure. So this is always a very fun conversation because I went to school for business. Um, I took all of the entrepreneurship classes. And what I found very interesting was that there were two schools of thought. There's like, okay, do the very traditional thing of having a business plan and having like all of these metrics and structure that you want to have. And it looks very formal and it's laminated and it's in a book. And then one of my favorite professors actually taught me, it's like, that works when you are a very established business and it puts you in the frame of mind of working within an established business. When you're working on a startup or you're working on a side hustle project, which is what Redo was in the beginning, the greatest strength that you have is your ability to be nimble and agile. And the traditional business plan does not allow you to do that because it's like, okay, you need to do this by Q1 and then Q2. And it's it's very overly regimented. So what we were taught was looking at it as this just general business model framework of understanding what your core values are as a company, where your main revenue drivers are, and building into that entire process the ability to test and pivot quickly when you see that something is working very, very well or not working very well. So it's a constant iteration of launch something small, fail very quickly if you're going to fail or succeed very quickly, and then build upon that process. You talked about tools, but in terms of small business Mm -hmm. technology, Mm -hmm. in building and in marketing Mm -hmm. and bringing your product to the masses, Mm -hmm. what's been essential for you in terms of building the business, not just social media, but in terms of finding Mm -hmm. technology that works? Got it. So you're speaking more so about like the tangible tools Mm -hmm. itself. Hmm. What have we needed for us? We've always been a very, very remote team. (laughs) Like we launched it when I was in New York and my co-founder was in Pittsburgh. So the things that we need in terms of tools are like a high powered laptop, (laughs) great Wi-Fi, And uh, I would say like a camera, but like that's all within like our phones at this point. Sure. But um it's just funny now how your entire business can just be kind of under your arm, tucked underneath as a laptop. And it was one of the first things that we like made a huge investment on when we're like, okay, we need to have like this specific tool (laughs) because if this thing dies, then the business doesn't entirely die, but it's definitely not going to run very well. Um, So that was from the actual physical tool standpoint, those are our, our most important features around what is your favorite scent? If you're going to walk us through your line and you said, this is the one that sure. really says redo, which is it? The one that really says redo to me is 100% the turmeric botanical bar, which is the 529 scent. Um, it's really just 
something that changes every time that you smell it. It's bergamot, geranium, and ginger. So depending on even your personal palate, you might smell something different the first time versus the second time you smell it. Anytime I smell it, I immediately smell the bergamot. It's very crisp and refreshing and bright, which is to me what New York in the summertime is. And then as I shower with it, I get the more deep, spicy notes of ginger, which just makes me feel really, really clean at the end of my at the end of my shower and then coming out after I've had some time to like do my facials and whatnot, I'll actually still smell the scent lingering and it smells more like geranium, which just creates like a very nice, relaxing bathroom atmosphere for me. Hey everybody, I'm Susie Schuster and I'm excited to announce our podcast, Just Getting Started, will be part of this year's Dell Technologies Small Business Virtual Conference kicking off on May 10th. Small businesses are ready to thrive again and looking for resources to rise to the challenge. That's why Dell Technologies has assembled an all-star lineup of podcasters for the third year in a row to create a virtual conference to share advice and inspiration for small businesses. Whether you're still working remotely or back together again, let Dell Technologies help safeguard your business with modern devices and Windows 11 Pro. Search Dell Technologies Small Business Podference on odyssey.com, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts starting on May 10th. And be sure to tune in for our custom episode of Just Getting Started on May 11th. What's next up for Redo? Sure. So next step, we actually recently brought on an investor. So it's for us really scaling in the way that aligns with our values. So we have a couple of collaborations actually coming out this year, really focused on experience and how Redo lives in tandem with other creatives. So we're not looking at collaborating with other brands similar to ours. We're looking at industries that are kind of tangential that um, relate to the experience and universe that we're building. So we've been speaking to like a technology design platform in terms of a collaboration. And then we've been speaking with a couple of fashion labels in terms of a collaboration. But that's that's how we're growing um, our business moving forward is just building the best experience that we can. Yeah, I thought that was fascinating how you do collaborate with other lines. What's your dream collaboration? My dream collaboration... My dream collaboration, funny enough, we actually did a, in February, we did a 28 day challenge where we like said these were our 28 brands, <laughs> our 28 people that we would love to be able to collaborate. So there's two, actually. My number one would be 11 Madison Park, oh, number wow. one Michelin star restaurant in the world. Um, that would be truly my dream collaboration. I have many ideas of what that could look like in terms of a scent experience actually in the restaurant, as well as how it ties to food, because we've done a lot of collaborations with chefs. And then my number two dream collaboration, um, which is a little bit more uh, fun and quirky, which I think is the purpose of collaborations, is kind of to push the boundaries of what a collaboration could actually be and how the brands exist, is The Sims. Um, so EA Games or Origin Games, I guess at this point, I really just love how they've built community around world building in the way that you want to build your own world, which is really, again, what Redo is all about, like our collective experiences and the way that we are able to experience them. So I don't know what that collaboration could look like, but our values as companies are very, very aligned. So I'd love to be able to 
work with The Sims in some way to develop a scent. Asia, which Dell technology products do you use? So what we've been using, which is really just streamlined our entire warehousing and operations process, is the Dell XPS laptop. We've had it for, I think, coming up on a year and a half now, and it runs extremely brand new. Our operation manager loves it, and we use it pretty much to carry the entire business from the back end um, to, to fruition. So we would not be able to live without our Dell XPS. Yeah. How does that work? Explain to me how the, how the system works. Sure. So we actually handle everything from concept idea through manufacturing to actual like launch of product. So Internally, of course, since we're a product-based company, it's very, very important that all of our logistics, all of our warehousing, all of our inventory management is handled very, very efficiently with tools that are able to support the level of detail that we need. So in our warehouse facility, our operation manager and our lab manager uses our Dell XPS every single day to just be able to track inventory, when we need to reorder products, uh, when any type of like processing kind of collapse if we're like behind on schedule um, of releasing a new batch of product, then everything is just handled within, within that computer. And since it's really lightweight and portable, it's great because we can kind of just throw it in our bag as we need to drive from one location to the next. If we need to drive to the warehouse, back from the lab, it's always with us at any given point. And it's really just been better than using paper, clipboard, as well as, you know, any other type of like laptop that isn't really as portable. It just gives us the flexibility to get the jobs done when we need them done. What's the greatest single challenge to marketing scent in this increasingly digital world? The single greatest challenge of marketing scent in the digital world is just finding a way that it resonates with the customer at the end, because you can sell the idea of scent, but as we've discussed earlier, it's a very, very personal thing. So we only take the story up to 50% based on what our vision is. And we really work with our community to fill that last 50%, because at the end of the day, it is what's most important and most relevant to you. And we think the best people that are able to communicate that experience are our customers themselves. As we leave you, I'd love to know your advice for young entrepreneurs mm-hmm. looking to launch a brand in this increasingly mm-hmm. digital world? Mm-hmm. Advice. This is always a fun question because it changes every single day. I'm like, if you're a young entrepreneur and you haven't started yet, right? Mm-hmm. I would say that it's good to feel fear, but don't over-rationalize your fear. <laughs> don't try to explain what the fear is acknowledge the fear and continue forward and take the risk because you'll never know if you don't try. Asia Grant, you're delightful. I wish you so much luck with Redo. It's an incredible brand and I really, really enjoyed researching it and I'm looking so forward to using it. Amazing. Thank you so much, Susie. Take care. It's so nice to meet you. Wonderful meeting you. Have a great day. Our thanks to Asia Grant for joining us here on Just Getting Started on this special edition. And you think about it, scent means so much to so many people. The smell of your grandmother's cake, chicken soup on the stove, or maybe it is, like she said, the smell of jasmine on the beach, or the smell of a salty air or a breeze. I love the idea that she launched this company 
online, digitally, in this crazy modern world. She has reached a customer as this young entrepreneur could do so effectively. And she has been able to create this brand. And we're thrilled to support her here on Just Getting Started. So thank you so very much for taking in this very special edition. I'll talk to you soon. Hey, everybody. I'm Susie Schuster, and I'm excited to announce our podcast, Just Getting Started, will be part of this year's Dell Technologies Small Business Virtual Conference kicking off on May 10th. Small businesses are ready to thrive again and looking for resources to rise to the challenge. That's why Dell Technologies has assembled an all-star lineup of podcasters for the third year in a row to create a virtual conference to share advice and inspiration for small businesses. Whether you're still working remotely or back together again, let Dell Technologies help safeguard your business with modern devices and Windows 11 Pro. Search Dell Technologies Small Business Podference on odyssey.com, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts starting on May 10th. And be sure to tune in for our custom episode of Just Getting Started on May 11th.